Blog Talk Radio. This is Cross Reference, and I am Aaron Miller, and um, I'm going to have on today my brother, Levi. You there? Huh. Yeah, I'm here. Well, uh, today we're going to be do see, what we're going to do on Cross Reference is we're going to find uh, the parts, the quotations in the New Testament of parts of the Old Testament. Uh, you know, and today we are doing Mark 15, verse 34. And it says, At the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, Lama, which is translated, My God, my God, my, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And this goes, uh, this goes to Psalms 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Far from my deliverance are the words of my groaning. So, we decided to check out exactly what God meant, what Jesus meant when he said this. See, in, we all know that whenever Jesus says something, he mean, he could mean like a million things. And so, see, I decided to look over it. And... I think, first of all, we should read it over. You want to read it, Levi, or should I? Levi? Are you there? I'll read it. Yeah. Okay. Um, you want me to read Psalms 22? Yes. Unmute yourself now. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Far from the deliverance are the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I have no rest. Yet, you are holy, O you who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. In you, our fathers trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were delivered. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. But I am a worm and not a man, a reproach of men and despised by the people. All who see me sneer at me. They separate with the lip. They wag the head. Commit to the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him. Because he delights in him. Yet you are he who brought me forth from the womb. You made me trust when upon my mother's breasts. Upon you I was cast from birth. You have been my God. From my mother's womb. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bishon have encircled me. They open wide their mouth at me as a raving and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. 
My strength is dried up like pot shirt, and my tongue cleaves to my jaws, and you lay me in the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me, a band of evildoers has composed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look, they snare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, be not far off. O you, my help, hasten to my assistance. Deliver my soul for the sword, my only life, the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of the wild oxen. You answer me. I will tell of your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him. And stand in awe of him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the affliction, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him for help, he heard from you. Comes my praise in great assembly. I shall pay my vows before those who fear him. The afflicted will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations will worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth will eat and worship all. Those who go to the dust will bow before him. Even he who cannot keep his soul alive, prosper. Prosperity will serve him. It will be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They will come and will declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has performed it. Did okay. you get that, Aaron? Yeah, I got all of it. Good. So, yeah, it was good. Um, well, let's go to Mark. Mark 15. I'll read it. I'm going to get the strong numbers off here so it's easier for me to read. Early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders and the scribes and the whole council immediately held a consolation and binding Jesus, they led him away and delivered him to Pilate. Pilate questioned him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, It is as you say. The chiefs began to accuse him harshly. Then Pilate questioned him again, saying, Do you not answer? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further answer, so Pilate was amazed. Now at the feast, he used to release for them any one prisoner whom they requested. The man named Barabbas had been in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the insurrection. The crowd went up and began asking him to do as he had been accustomed to do for them. Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he was aware that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to ask him to release Barabbas for them instead. Answering again, Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with him whom you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, Crucify him! But Pilate said to them, Why, what evil has he done? 
but they shouted all the more, Crucify him! Wishing to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas for them. And after having Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers took him away into the, pla- the, into the palace, that is, the paratorium, and they called together the whole Roman cohort. They dressed him up in purple. After twisting a crown of thorns, they put it upon him, and they began to acclaim him, Hail, King of the Jews! They kept beating his head with a reed and spitting on him and kneeling and bowing before him. After they had all, uh, they had mocked him, they took the purple robe off him and put his own garments on him. And they led him out to crucify him. They pressed into service a passerby coming from the country, Simon the Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. Then they brought him to the pa- then they brought him to the place Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. They tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his garments among themselves, casting lots for them to decide what each man should take. It was the third hour that they crucified him. The inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two robbers with him, one on his right and one on his left. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And he was numbered with transgressors. Those passing by were hurling abuse at him, wagging their heads and saying, Ha! You who are going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. In the same way, the the chief priests also, along with the scribes, were mocking him among themselves and were saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let this Christ, the King of Israel, now come down from the cross so that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him were also insulting him. When the sixth hour came, darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabagathani. Excuse me, Sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they began saying, Behold, he is calling Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed, and gave him a drink, saying, Let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the centurion was standing right in front of him, saw that the way he breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. There were also some women looking on from the distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, and Mary, mother of James the Less, and Joses and Salome. When he was in Galilee, they used to follow him and minister to him. And they were many, and there were many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. When the evening had already come, because it was the pre- preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea came, a prominent member of the council, who himself was awaiting the kingdom of God. And he gathered up courage and went in before Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate Pilate wondered if he was dead at the time, and summoning the centurion, he questioned him as to whether he was already dead. And and ascertaining this from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. Joseph uh, bought a linen cloth, took him down, wrapped him in the linen cloth and laid him in a tomb which had been hewn out in a rock and he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and the mother of Josie and Mary the mother of Josie's were looking to see where he had he was laid. So if we go back to Psalm 24 22 we'll see we'll see 
I mean, if you just read it, you'll just see how it would have a lot to do with the crucifixion time. And when he said, why have you forsaken me, which uh, Psalms 22 begins with, when you read the whole thing, you realize how much he was just saying by just quoting that much, first part. See, notice how the first part he is talking about how how he's like, God, why don't you answer me? But yeah. and the other part, he makes sure to point out that he still believes that God is true and he's the true God and he loves him. So this was a Psalm of David and Jesus was descended from him as we remember. And just as I read it, as Levi had read, if you just read it, you just read it with him in, in the thought of having the idea that Jesus was being crucified we look over and just think, just realize this. See, he talks about the men who despise him and call them, and they are called dogs, they're, um, they're called bulls, they're called ravening lions. And this would refer to the Romans, maybe, who scourged him, made fun of him, and the scribes, basically just everybody. But throughout all this chapter, there seemed to be only one man who stood up for Jesus, at least for a time, and that was Pilate. And with him in, him in the idea, let's keep that in mind, of Pilate. And, well, let's look through here. It says... I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within, melt, melted within me. Just think of that. All my bones, bones are out of joint. See, oh, like the cross. Think, just think of Jesus being on the cross and um, probably weakened. Um, but however, out of joint could also refer to how whenever somebody died on the cross, they would, um, and they weren't already dead, they would break their legs. But Jesus did not have his bones broken because he was already dead, obviously from suffocation. And after this, in verse 15, my strength is dried up like a pot shard, and my tongue cleaves to my jaws, and you lay me in the dust of the earth. My tongue cleaves to my jaws. Well, that refers to how before you die of thir thirst, your tongue swells up. And see, in the Bible, we know that Jesus said thirst. And I'm not, uh, I'm not, it, it didn't say it in this verse, in this chapter, in Mark. But, see, that would refer to his thirsting. And do we remember what he what they gave him? When he said that? You remember what they gave him? When he... They gave him a... They, yeah, they gave him a sponge that was filled with Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, with vinegar. And well, that so then we see what it it meant there. And for dogs have surrounded me; a band of evil doers have encompassed me. They pierced my hands and feet. Now this is all over it. Yeah, the dogs have surrounded me. And the band of evildoers has encompassed me. So just think about all the people in front of Jesus when he was on the cross. And it said they were making fun of him and things. They were spitting on him. Yeah. I, I see myself um, breaking at one point. You know, just getting mad. But Jesus never did. And we all know that he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And... 
we real I realize how much that the reason that I need to uh, the reason that he deserves my love, and so I do. And it says, um, but the last part here it says they pierced my hands and feet. What did they do on the cross, Levi? They nailed his hands and feet. Yeah, they nailed his fa- hands and feet to the cross. Yeah. They uh, in verse eighteen they divide my garments among them for my clothing. They yeah, cast lots. yeah. And th- that's what the Romans were doing. That I mean, it's it's al- it's almost like it was it was really trying to describe that exact chapter. Yeah. I remember when Jesus was um, in the Garden of Gethsemane praying. He asked, he was asking God to take this away from him. But then he praised God because he knew this is what he had to do. And see, in verse twenty, it says, "Deliver my soul from the sword, and my life away from the power of the dog." And that means a lot. But notice, yeah. it says the power of the dog. I mean, as it's referred to as the bad people, but it could also refer to dogs back then. How dogs back then would eat the flesh of the dead, as they did Jezebel. But Jesus was delivered from the dog. He was put in a tomb. And especially put a rock in front of him. But this verse 21, I did a lot of research on. It said, Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of the wild oxen, you answer me. Now, uh, when when I read it from the King James Version, it said something a little different. And so I looked in the Septuagint. Breton's, uh was, was a translation of the Septuagint in English. And see, it says unicorns as well. And I will read it from Breton's. Save me from the lion's mouth and regard my lowliness from the horns of the unicorn. And that word unicorns is just strange. Okay? And just reading this verse over, what does it mean? What the heck does that mean? Regard my loneliness from the horns of the unicorns? What does the horns of the unicorns have to do with anything? It's 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 just a strange thing. And see, I just decided to look into it. Now, to cover it up, the part of the first part, lions, save me from the lion's mouth which would be his enemy. And anyway, it says, regard my lowliness from the horns of the unicorns. See, I put Pilate in mind. He, see, God regarded his lowliness and, through Pilate. Pilate was the only guy who defended him, and he was a leader. It was a leader. But... And it clearly says that he knew that scribes and priests were only doing this because they envied him. But, as we all know, he ended up turning away to uh, trying to satisfy the crowd. But after all, if he hadn't, then Jesus wouldn't have died for us. Uh, I just wonder what, you know, happened to Pilate after that. And, well... Let's look at unicorns, the horns of the unicorns. And that, um, when I take this word, this Greek word in, in, uh, for unicorns from the Septuagint, I copy that and search for it into the Septuagint, I get uh, three verses at first. Uh, and it relates to another one in Psalms twenty nine six and he will beat them small, even Libanus it, itself, like a calf, and the beloved one is as a young unicorn. This is just confusing too. And another thing in, in, mm-hmm. in Psalms seventy eight verse sixty nine it says and he built his sanctuary as the palace as the place of unicorns and he founded it forever on the earth. Now, that direct word of unicorn, I'll cut off a few letters from it. See, it has suffixes. It'll have suffixes on it. So, um, it'll be a 
it'll it'll do that. So I cut off about three words, and I get several more verses. Numbers twenty three verse verse twenty two. It says, "It was God who brought him out of Egypt. He has he has as it were the glory of the unicorn." This is referring to Jacob. And then in uh, Mm -hmm. Numbers chapter 28, verse 8, uh, Numbers 24, verse 8, it says, God led him out of Egypt. He has it as were the glory of the intercourt. He shall consume the nations of his enemies and shall drain their marrow. And with his darts he shall shoot through the enemy. And in Deuteronomy 33 and 17, it, it refers to Joseph. And this is what it said about him. His beauty is as the firstling of his bull. His horns are the horns of a unicorn. With him he shall trust the nations at once, even from the end of the earth. These are the ten thousands of Ephraim, and these are the ten thousand these are the thousands of Manasseh. So, the so just thinking, his horns are the horns of a unicorn. So, it's so thinking of the power of God, which is referred to like the glory of a unicorn. He has the horns of a unicorn. He has the horns of God. It's the power of God that drives him. And in Job thirty-nine verse nine, though, is a very peculiar. It says. And will the unicorn be serving to thee? Will the unicorn be willing to serve thee or lie down at thy manger? Jesus was born in the manger. And probably everyone knows that. You should know that. And, but another another verse is in Psalms uh, 92, verse 10. And it says, but my horn, but my horn shall be exalted as the horn of a unicorn, and mine old age with rich mercy. So there's a lot. I mean, whenever it talks about unicorns, it usually refers to greatness, and especially with the horn, as if some sort of crown. And thinking of Pilate this way. Pilate was a unicorn. He was of a high rank, and he regarded it. And, and as this verse says, and you regard my lowliness from the horn of the unicorns. So, this is plural. There are unicorns. More than one. So, let's look at that. See, give me a minute. I'm gonna search something, and well, let's go to. Well, first of all, I'll look into the Hebrew. See, the Hebrew of this. I'm gonna have to bring the Strongs back up. The Hebrew of this verse says. Says. Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of the wild oxen, you answer me. So that strong number for wild oxen is H7214. That's the strong number. And it is Rem or Rem. And it supposedly comes from H7213, Ram or Ra'am, to rise. It means basically to rise. Uh, well, as the as the as the strong tell. Well, let's go to Mark fifteen, verse forty three. In fact, and it that's where it talks about Joseph of Arimathea. Joseph Joseph of Arimathea came, a prominent member of the council, who himself was awaiting the kingdom of God, and he gathered up courage. And went before Pilate and asked for the body of Moses uh, of Jesus. Sorry, sorry, not Moses. Jesus. 
definitely not Moses. <laughs> I'm I'm so sorry that I said that. Got tongue twisted. Uh, now, I look so a prominent member of the council. Could it be why this is plural? Well, it says he gathered up the courage and went before Pilate and asked for the body of Moses. He took him and Joseph bought a linen cloth him in the linen cloth. Notice how linen is referred to is, is a clean cloth. It's referred to clean. And also notice that Jesus was was wrapped in swaddling cloths at birth and also wrapped in cloths when he was laid in the tomb. And that that has a lot to that that's very interesting. And see, but I was looking at Joseph of Arimathea. See, in Deuteronomy, remember in Deuteronomy thirty-three, when I said that it refers to Joseph, it refers to Joseph as having the horns of a unicorn. Now, it doesn't specifically mean that this is. It was. It wasn't just. It was just talking about Joseph, the son of Israel. It probably was, but it could have been talking about two Josephs at the same time, as the Bible can do that. And this Joseph, notice how Joseph of Arimathea, this Arimathea is actually never talked about in any place of the Bible, except when talking about Joseph of Arimathea. So I click on the Strong's number, which is G707. And it says, they, they say it comes from the Strong's number from Hebrew, H7414, which is Rama. That means height. And they think this is what, they think this is what Arimathea is. Well, taking that in mind, Rama is from another Hebrew word, which is H7311. Ram. And it means to be high or exalted. And there, again, Listen here. It says, rise. What did I say about the about the unicorns? In Hebrew, the word for it is to rise. See, it, it's a different word, though. It's ra. It's ra'am. However, Hebrew doesn't have vowels. It just, it, that, that's why it's so hard to translate and everything. See, like, and that's why um, God's name is usually not translated. Uh, Y-H-V-H. It doesn't have vowels, just like every word in Hebrew does. Doesn't does not have any vowels. They just, uh, for the reason of exalting God, they don't put any vowels in there to, I guess, defile it. And I agree with that. They just call, they just, um, they just translate that God. Whenever it says Adonai, YHVH, they just translate it Lord God. And anyway, just the same, just the same concept. See, rum and ra'am. See, they have different words in the middle, though. So, um, ra'am and rum, they have different words in the middle. But whenever I turn to the Hebrew word, let's look at the word in Hebrew. Um, the, The word doesn't look too much different from you know, both of those words. See, it has its own, it has its own complete spelling, and both of them could be assigned to the same thing. And after all, they basically mean the same thing, don't they? So, with that in mind, however, how the Hebrew word for unicorn, which, which is translated unicorn in Greek, however, keep in mind that it never said unicorn. It never did. It's just, believe that because it's just believed that because it's refer whenever it says that it says the horn whenever it's referring to this to a single uh just this single one oxen thing or whatever uh usually so they figured what would that have to what could you call that a unicorn so this word unicorn um, which is translated wild oxen in Hebrew, usually, 
which is in this case NASB, that comes from Ra'am, apparently. It could also come from Rum, and this means to ride. So, Arimathea. That could also that also refers to rise. So let's paste that in. Joseph of the unicorn, or of the unicorn. What oh. if it's not really named the place? What if it's not really naming the place the whole time at all? And so, do you have anything to add to that? So it was saying that. That um, that Joseph. It it said before that Joseph of. Um. That that Joseph was Joseph of the of unicorn. Was that mean that? Does that mean Arimathea must have something to do with um. Uh, unicorn must have something to do with it. Um. Yeah. No. No. I mean. Um, pilot. Well, pilot. I don't, we, we we can't. I, I don't know anything. Pilot was a, was basically part of the Roman Empire, but however, Arimathea is only referred to in talking about Joseph. So they say that it might have come from Rama, and maybe it does. But maybe Rama is talking about the place of the unicorn. He was Joseph came from this place, Rama, because he was a unicorn. Basically, there's a unicorn. He was going. He stood. He also was one who stood up for Jesus. And whenever oh, we so remember when you were going to say something. So were we saying that Pilate was a unicorn, or were we? I'm, they were both. Are they See, both? They were both unicorns. That's why they were being plural. Yeah. The unicorns. And, see, there is a bunch of other places about Joseph of Arimathea that tells a little bit more. Some says he was a rich man that became a disciple of Jesus. And it adds on to that when it says he was a member of the council. So that a rich man and a member of the council and part of the the disciple as he was waiting for the kingdom of God. But, however, see, see, let's go to John 19, verse 38. It says, After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate granted him permission. So he came and took away his body. See in see in Mark fifteen it says it says he gathered up the courage. So he was so he was afraid of the Jews, but he gathered up the courage to go up before Pilate. So he was see, that was another way that he stood up for Jesus. And we decided to look into the word secret here. He was one in secret for fear of the Jews. Am I right, Levi? Yeah, yeah. We looked at that. I looked at that Greek word. That Greek word for secret, and it is exactly. See, let's look at it. Um, let's turn it to the Adidorgia, and which one's the Adidorgia? That is the. That is the Greek. Uh, New Testament. It's not translated. It's usually trans- called Textus Receptus, but we don't know that. Uh, I mean, Textus Receptus was just its name changed. It was the Adidorigia. Okay. And he was one in secret. I gotta kind of look through this. <laughs> I should have got that. Should have looked for it before. Let's. He gathered up the. Oh, so look, they have the wrong one the whole time. Dang it! I'm sorry, everybody. 
Levi, you want to look up that for me? Look up John John 19, verse 38. Okay. Um, why is it not showing up here? On, uh... You can't get it? No. I mean, it, it, it'll just show the, the Roman numerals on here, on the word... So how do I know if it's if it's Greek or not? It it it'll only have Greek. It'll only have Greek to be left. Okay. They only do the they don't only do the Greek Strong's numbers. So let's go to the one in secret. So let's look at crypto. Got the word. It's not exactly crypto. It's this huge word. So I'll look at search that in the Old Testament, and here I go. I get. Second Chronicles twenty two twelve, Ezekiel and a lot of three verses from Ezekiel twelve, six, seven, and twelve. Uh, the verses six, seven, and twelve. So the first part is about how um this the the mother of Ahaziah was went and who went and killed went to go kill all the royal offspring 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 of the royal house of Judah. But the king's daughter took Joash and stole him and hid him. That's a and and placed him and his nurse in the bedroom. So just also thinking about how Moses was hidden. Anyway, this word hide is exactly the same word as how Joseph was a hidden Christian. And hmm. let's go to Ezekiel. See, Ezekiel, uh, tell, this tells us that, see, God told, told this uh, Ezekiel to get his baggage as as if he was like the baggage of an exile, it says. In the evening, he dug through the wall with his hands, went out in the dark and carried baggage on his shoulder in their sight. And, see, this is what it says. That it says, load the baggage of your shoulder in their sight and carry it out in the dark. You shall cover your face so that they so that you cannot see the land for I have sent you as a sign to the house of Israel. So this is what it meant. Let's start re, I'll start reading at verse 8 of Ezekiel 12. In the morning the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, has not the house of Israel, the rebellious house said to you, what are you doing? Say to them, thus says the Lord says the Lord God, this burden concerns the prince in Jerusalem as well as all the house of Israel who are in it. Say, I am assigned to you as I have done, so it will be done to them. They will go into exile, into captivity. The prince who is among them will load his baggage on his shoulder in the dark and go out. They will dig a hole through the wall to bring it out. He will cover his face so that he cannot see the land with his eyes. I will also spread my net over him, and he will be caught in my snare. And I will bring him to Babylon, in the land of the Chaldeans. Yet he will not see it, though he will die there. See, now, before I say anything, I'll go to the, to the way the Septuagint said it. It says... It says on verse 10, Say to them, Thus saith the Lord God, the prince and the ruler in Israel. And this prince talked about, God calls himself the prince. Could this be Jesus? Read it over. Read, read over these verses 8 through eight through 13 and think of that prince talked about as being Jesus. 
See, it says he will be he will bring him to the land to Babylon in the land of the Chaldeans. Yet he will not see it, though he will die there. And I'm not sure what it means that he would not see that he was in the land of the Chaldeans. But it means something. It'll probably be another yeah. study to look at. Probably be another study to look at. And I know there's of course I, I noticed that there was another uh quotation in that part of the Bible. So I'll have to look at that too. Maybe it'll be another show. We'll see. Well, anyway, it says you'll be brought were you going to say something? Yeah. I was going to say, well, what does it mean that he said that he would be caught in his snare? God he said the. God said, "This is the time. This is the time to die." And as we know, Jesus didn't. didn't he obviously he he obviously didn't want to die. He said, "Take this from me." But he had to die for us. And he, he he took all that, he took all that, all that torture by those men, and everyone making fun of him to his very death for no reason. He died for no reason. He died for being a good man. And even those who who didn't believe that he was, who, who didn't know for sure he was God, the Son of God, they knew he was a good man. The son of man, as he called himself. He was good. He was righteous as being the Lord God. And he took all that for us. He had to die. And he understood that. He girded up his loins and went out to them. Out to those soldiers who took him. So is that the only... Even when Peter came to cut off the ear of that soldier... He healed it and said, if you live by the sword, you die by it. I I just, I just love that. Yeah. And see, just thinking of this, he, I guess Jesus didn't see it coming before. And then when it came, he said he would not see it, though he will die there. And he, who would be, what would be Babylon, the land of the Chaldeans? Well, uh, think of that the be... rulers. Rulers. Who was the rulers? The Romans. Who was rulers in was... the time of Ezekiel? See, Babylon, the land of the Chaldeans. And so, just replace Babylon with, see, see, Ezekiel was in the land of the Chaldeans when you did most of this. So, I, I assume, I haven't looked deeply to it, but um, they must have been under, still under exile, still under the power of the Babylonians. And hmm. thinking of that, Jesus was still, and his, and his land were, were under, well, every, every place is his land saying, but in the land he was in, I was ruled by Rome. So, Rome and Pilate, this is all part of the story, of how it happened. It says, that's how Jesus died, and see, his eyes shall be covered. He will not see it coming. And Somehow, Joseph of Arimathea has something to has something to do with that secret. He was secret. He was hidden from their eyes. So, thinking of that, Jesus will be hidden. He shall cover his face, and he will go forth in secret through the wall. And I know that for a while Jesus was secretly doing this thing. He would tell the people that he had healed, he would say, do not tell anyone. 
But when he realized that his time was for them to know, he would say, uh, uh, he would let them tell everything. And there were some times that Jesus said not to tell anything, and people did anyway. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. And so, so what? Um. So what did that mean? That somehow, um. Uh, Joseph was trying to hide something from the Chaldeans. He he hid. He hid from the Jews as being a Christian and a disciple of Jesus. Yeah, I know that. But does that mean That's that what he was hiding? He what was he somehow I don't know. It it said that it, his eyes were that he didn't see it coming, right? Yeah. So, Jesus Jesus eyes will be covered. So how did that have to do with Joseph? Well, it would have to do with Joseph because it says he will go through the wall in secret. Remember, Ezekiel dug under the wall, remember? At night. Yeah. With his face covered. Well, see, in that case, Joseph went through the wall with Jesus in secret. You know? You understand? Yeah. Now, um, uh, looks like we... How much time have we got? We have eight minutes? This... (laughs) So, I better finish this off. It's still quite a bit, though. See, it says... At the bottom of Psalms 22, it says on verse 29... All the prosperous of the earth will eat and worship, and those who go down to the dust will bow before him. Even who he who cannot keep his soul alive. Well, if we look at Brenton's, it says, it says on verse 29, All the fat ones of the earth have eaten and worshipped. All that go down to the earth shall fall down before him. My soul also lives with him. And thinking prophetically, prophetically, Satan and his legions will be thrown out of heaven to the earth. And they will fall down before him. Though they are still doomed. And let's also go to verse 30. I'm looking at the Septuagint. The Hebrew says a little different. The Hebrew, well, I'll read the, the Hebrew first. The posterity will serve him, and it will be told of the Lord to the coming generation. Well, it says in Hebrew, in Greek, and my seed shall serve him, and the, the generation that is coming shall be reported to the Lord. This is David talking. And my seed shall serve him. The generation that is coming shall be reported ah. to the Lord. Jesus is descended from David. Yeah, that that does make sense. So yeah, of course it makes sense. This is the Bible here. Yeah. And now the last verse here, 31, it says, And they shall report his righteousness to the people that shall be born, whom the Lord has made. The people who shall be born. That immediately makes me think of the 144,000. The children. The one that Herod was going to... No, no. Well, basically like that. That was a... That was something that happened before that will be repeated in such the same way. Yeah. The... the when and the... The 100... The 144,000 will be with God. And they will become... They will basically replace the the fallen angels, the ones who are thrown out of heaven. They will replace them. And looks like we got 
five minutes left. Uh, you still got something to add, right? Yeah. Um, what about the lion? The lion in that one verse that, um, you said the unicorn and the lion. Well, save me so from the lion's who mouth. Is the lion? Save me from the lion's mouth, an enemy. From the horns of the so, wild oxen, you answer. Would that See, be the who is the mouth of the cursed? lion? Who is the mouth of the lion? Would that Let me be go back to. Let's go back to Mark. Mark. Mark, fifteen. It says that the chief the chief priest began to accuse him harshly. The mouth of the lion. Then Pilate questioned him, saying, "Do you not answer? See how many charges they bring against you." But Jesus made no further answer. So Pilate was amazed. So, that's basically that that verse just said. Yeah. Mouths of the yeah, lions. Yeah, because it... Mm-hmm. So, so, did you want to add that um, the stuff about the pilot stone? That was a little neat. We've got three minutes left. Well, yeah. I, I thought that... Um, the pilot stone let me look it up real quick it was the only thing that um uh next to next the to only any document works. yeah next to any yeah. biblical works it's the only uh, other solid thing that we have i'm looking at looking it up to what 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 did it say on the inscription the only inscription it, it had the it inscription, was yeah the it was, it was well. It was this. It was this damaged block that was. And they found it under a, under a stairs, right in in one of the theaters. Yeah. In a the in the stadium. Mm-hmm. And this is what it said in translation from Latin to English. It says to the divine Augusti, this Tiberium, Pontius Pilate, perfect of Judea, of Judea has dedicated this. So. Um, I thought where it was found was pretty interesting. It was, it was found in a, in a theater, right? But it was in a, but, um, people say that, uh, it was a, it was a place where, um, People went to mourn when bad things were going to happen. So, I wonder. The Herodian Theater. Well, what I'm seeing says Roman Theater at Caesarea. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. It's it's all the fault that. It says the city that served as as Rome's administrative center in in the province of Judea. Roman governors were based in Caesarea and only visited Jerusalem on occasions. Hmm. Uh, They only visited Jerusalem on special occasions or in times of unrest. So, so it doesn't basically mean there. that it was it was a place that people went for mourning. It was just that the governors who went who were based in Caesarea um, would go to Jerusalem for this reason, on special occasion or in times of unrest. So, so maybe he had something on there to write to him, like um, about the ninth hour warning him or something. See, it was a damaged it. block. It was a damaged block. We don't know everything yeah. that it said. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. That's that's why it's kind of, you know, it, it, they only. That, that's why it says to the vine, Augusti, this Tiberium, 
Pontius Pilate, Perfect of Judea, has dedicated this. So it's kind of confusion. Because there were some words cut off. We're not sure everything that it was. Was the decree of Herod the Great. And Herod the Great was the ruler of Judea at the time of Jesus. He was the one who made the massacre of the innocents. He he was it was his order. Yeah. And that and that is basically what the Assyrians going to try to do. So it looks like our time is out. So, well so, oh. The 144,000 are going to replace the angels angels that fall, right? Yes. Well, uh, do you want to add anything before we leave? God bless and Godspeed. God bless. Good night, everyone. I hope you liked the show. I hope you learned something. And remember what God did for us. Never forget that, what he had to go through. And that is the reason why we should do his will. Because he is just. He's like no other God. There are no other gods before him. So God bless and good night.